Enchanté. You are listening to the What the Fab podcast, where empowered women empower women through candid conversations, inspiring stories, and tangible tips. I'm your host, Elise Armitage. I'm a digital creator, and I left my nine to five job at Google to chase my dreams of being an entrepreneur. I'm so happy to have you here. Let's get into some real talk. Oh, hey there. We are back with another episode of the What the Fab podcast. We're on episode number 15, and I've got to say, I'm just having so much fun recording these podcast episodes, both the solo ones and the interviews, and I'm just loving hearing from all of you what you're taking away from it, how you're implementing different pieces into your own daily lives. It's just been so cool to see. Real quick, I'm going to read a recent review on Apple Podcasts and also encourage you to do the same and leave a review if you've been enjoying the podcast as well, because that is what helps me grow this baby. So this one is from Friendly Pharmacist. She says, professional and real for women. Love this podcast that is so professional, but real. I love how useful the discussions and topics are, but put into real life examples and not sugarcoated. Elise seems so genuine and honest. Thank you so much. I appreciate the heck out of you. And if you have been enjoying the podcast episodes, I would love, love, love it if you could go on over to Apple Podcasts and just leave a rating and a review. It takes like five seconds and it really helps me out. It's like a little thank you note to me and I just appreciate it. I also appreciate all of you who have been sharing on your stories and tagging me. I'm at WTFab and I love hearing from you, especially when you send me like your favorite parts of the podcast or suggestions or requests for future topics. It just keeps me super excited to continue creating more episodes for you. Today on the podcast, we have a very special friend of mine. Her name is Kara, and she is the blogger behind Whimsy Soul. I will do her intro in just a sec, but I just want to say that Kara is one of my blogger besties, and I really just appreciate her, especially during hard times like right now in the pandemic where it can feel really isolating and lonely. Being a solopreneur in general is kind of isolating and lonely because you don't necessarily have you know, coworkers or a boss that you're meeting with, like it's just you and you're the one making the decisions and like maybe you have some team that supports you, but for the most part, you know, it's just you staring at your computer screen. And so Kara and I have really cultivated this friendship and relationship where we can ping each other anytime and um, ask each other questions, give each other advice, celebrate wins, and it's just been really, really amazing. So Kara, I appreciate you. Kara Harms is the founder of Whimsy Soul, a lifestyle blog all about helping women find their everyday magic. She shares affordable travel ideas, size-inclusive style, cocktail recipes, beauty hacks, and more. You can always find inspiration over on whimsysoul.com. Kara is a great friend of mine. She is so business savvy and a hustler, and she is the epitome of women supporting women, not just through lip service or cute memes, but in her actions. I have personally learned so much from her that has helped my business grow, and I am so excited for today's conversation because we talk all about community, transparency, and collaboration over competition, as well as confidence. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. So let's welcome Kara to the show. 
Hey, Kara, welcome to the What the Fab podcast. Hey, Elise, I'm so happy to be here. Yay, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Um, When I am thinking about podcast guests, you're obviously one of the first ones that come (laughs) to mind because you are one of my blogger besties. And when it comes to business and women supporting women and all of that good stuff, like you're the first person I think of. So I'm so excited to chat with you today. Same. Well, love you right back, Elise. I'm so happy to be here and help you help you with your podcast. I'm so excited that you started this. Thank you. It's been so much fun. Um, so for listeners, a little background on how we met. We met at a blogger event years ago. Remember blogger events like at a restaurant? <laughs> looking at people, (laughs) talking to people in real life, (laughs) meeting new people. It was so fun. Um, And we had a mutual friend who told me, oh, you should get happy hour with Kara from Whimsy Soul. I think you two would really hit it off. She's super business minded. So I reached out to you. I just DM'd you and you were super open. And we've just kind of built this amazing friendship from there. And you've become, like I said, one of my blogger besties. And I just love how we're able to support each other and how genuine it is. Like it never feels like there's any any um, competition or envy, like we genuinely celebrate each other's wins. And I feel like that is kind of rare in our, in our industry and also like among women in general. So I want to dive into this topic of women supporting women and collaboration over competition, because I think a lot of people pay lip service to those things and like post a cute meme about it. But like when it comes down to actually taking action and like the important things that matter, I feel like that's kind of lacking. So how do you approach this? Because I kind of feel like it's a mindset thing. It's like a mindset of abundance versus scarcity. Like for me, it's rising tides raise all shifts. And like this mentality um, just within you has been like really obvious to me from, from the very beginning. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't have like a mantra though. I should totally get one. I love that ship quote. Uh, I think it's just always been like, I, I couldn't have gotten to where I am today if it wasn't for other like women helping me in little ways, like whether it was like little like knowledge nuggets that I was then able to apply or just general support or blogger friends who even as simple as like taking photos from me when I really needed them for free, you know? So it's like, it became very weird to me very quickly that like I wouldn't have been able to be successful if it wasn't for people. So like, who am I to then like turn around and gatekeep like my knowledge when it wasn't even my knowledge to begin with, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I also just feel like everything, like you're just like a better human when you're like sharing. And like, I really believe in the like community over competition. And there's totally times I feel like we're in competitions for things, but it never feels like negative. I don't know. And so I'm always just like, yeah, like she got it. Woo. Like she outranged me on that post. Like, go get it. Like, it's fine. Um, and I feel like it comes, you have to have a lot of like inner confidence too. And just knowing that like what you're doing in your business is like going to thrive. Like, even if someone like beats you a little bit at something else, like everyone gets there together. Um, so that's just kind of the way I like to approach it. I love that. And I love that you touched on the inner confidence piece too, because that's something that I have lots of just like 
things I want to dive into with you on that. And, and I think that's like a key component of that for sure. And, um, yeah, I mean, there have been times where like you landed a brand campaign and I didn't, or you outrank, I mean, a lot of times you have a really high domain authority. So a lot of times your posts outrank mine, but like, and vice versa, like sometimes I land the campaign and you don't, and it's, it's never, ever felt like, um, like a negative thing. Like I've at, like, yeah, I'm disappointed that I didn't land that campaign or I didn't rank first on Google for that keyword. But like, it, it's kind of like a wash in my mind because it's like, I, I know that like the, the tables will turn and there will be another opportunity for me. And it's, it's, yeah, it's just always felt like a very, um, supportive, um, relationship that I'm so, so grateful for. Um, and, and I think like oh when God, I would be lost without you, <laughs> <laughs> especially during this pandemic, it's like <laughs> when you're a solopreneur and you oh don't <laughs> have coworkers or like a boss or anything, it can get really lonely. So just being able to like ping you on Slack and be like, Hey, like what's going on with your traffic? Like, did you notice this? Like blah, blah, blah has been like life-changing. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, I like, Robin, my husband works with me full time, but he, he's like a man who is, he has a very different perspective on like our blog and he tries his best and he does a good job, but it's just, he's not the best person to bounce ideas off of, or, you know, he's not knee deep in like traffic every single day. So I love that I can talk to you and he's terrible at negotiating. So I can't bring that sort of like conversation to him. So it's really nice. It feels like I, you're my coworker basically. Um, and I, but you know, for different businesses, um, yeah, but yeah, back to what you're saying about like celebrating each other's wins. That's something that at least in like the past year I've been trying to focus even more on is like when friends have wins or even like minor acquaintances they don't really know that well or I like know them on Instagram through like DM some chats. I always try to like take a moment to like feel joy for them because I feel like what's going on in your head is like how you live your life. So if you're always having these like negative competition everyone else is winning and I'm sucking like sort of mentality that's going to trickle down to like every aspect of your life so even if someone I don't know well landed like an acting role or something I take a little moment to be like oh yay go you and I feel like it just helps bring your whole vibes up so that's um one of the things I just like really believe so yeah I always like celebrating wins even if I'm not benefiting from it that is so nice and I love taking that perspective because I think it's so easy obviously to like complete to play the comparison game and like see people landing deals or gigs or you know buying a fancy car or whatever it is and kind of immediately feel that envy but um along the lines of what you're saying like I like to kind of flip the script in my head and have a mentality of like that's so inspiring like good for her she's getting it and if she can do it I can do it too like I want that how do I get there and use it as like a source of motivation instead of like feeling envious oh yeah I definitely I'm I'm a very competitive person <laughs> So I know that this is like, I mean, making friends as an adult is like so hard. So do you have any tips for women who are looking to create those, those kinds of like supportive relationships and community within their own lives, whether it's, you know, for business related or just in general? Oh man, maybe I like, I have friends by accident, I feel like as a grown up, like, but honestly, most of them had come from Instagram, like either when I just started blogging and I'd go to events again, events, who are they? What are, what is that? Um, uh, and I would make friends there. I don't know and, her. 
<laughs> don't know her. Uh, and we keep on, you know, like I go to an event and then we'd stay in touch. But, um, a lot of it I think is like attributing to either me or like the other person just having the courage to do that outreach and be like, hi, let's hang out. Like, let's actually make this happen. I feel like our generation is really good at that whole, like, Oh yeah, let's get together sometime thing. And then you never actually do it for like whatever reasons. But, um, yeah, I feel like those are the best ones. Like friends that are like, I had a, one of my best friends now, uh, she's not a blogger, but she reached out to me when she moved to San Francisco and she's like, hi, I like you. (laughs) I'm also from the Midwest. Like, let's go get a drink. And I was just like, okay. So I think it's like, you you need to have the confidence to reach out to someone you think you might be friends with and vice versa if that happens to you um and you're like you are ready for more friendships you know there's also sometimes you can have too many you can be pulled in too many different places but um just having also the confidence to say yes i will go on a blind date with a stranger you know <laughs> a friendship date and just kind of going for it um that's usually how i have made like my best best connections it's just it's dating it's really like dating which I don't really have a lot of experience in because I met my husband like 10 years ago and I haven't been on a first date (laughs) in 10 years, but yeah, it's like that. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you were open to it when I DM'd you and was like, do you want to get a happy hour? Because it just like catapulted our friendship. And um, I think another example of just how I recognized within you that like inner confidence and just like supportive nature was when we were chatting at that very first happy hour, you were asking me about my business and my blog. And you were like, why the fuck do you still have a day job? (laughs) Like, why do you work at Google? You need to quit your job right now and like blog full time with me. And it was like, obviously, that was like my dream. And this was, I think, a couple years before I actually made the leap and left Google. Yeah, it took Um, me a while. But it was just like so refreshing because I think I've, I've definitely been in other situations, like with other bloggers in the Bay Area. I remember there was like another dinner event and um, I was chatting with a few other bloggers about how I was like getting ready to like take the leap and, you know, leave my job and do my blog full time. Out of like the four girls I was talking with, one of them was like supportive and was like, you've got this girl, like it's going to be awesome. And literally the other three just kind of like turned their heads and stopped talking to me. It was like the weirdest thing. Like as soon as I said that they were just like not interested in talking with me because they were already blogging full time. And I think they, I don't know, they kind of felt like, oh, here's another, like someone that's going to be my competition, which is so silly to me because it's like the market's saturated, honey. Like it's going to be saturated. (laughs) Who doesn't want to be an influencer? Like that's, you know, whether I leave my job to blog full time or someone else does, like that's no reason to like give me the cold shoulder. I just thought it was so odd. So I definitely appreciated how right off the bat you were like, you should do this and you've got this. Yeah. Um, I definitely have felt that at events. That's like one of the reasons I've stopped going to events and to begin with is that there's a lot of this like weird mean girl competition energy where everyone sees you as a threat or someone that they can use. And once you, they can't use you, you are a threat. And I just hate, I hate that whole game. Um, but yeah, I think it's really like, um, like, yeah, the market is saturated. Like there's no reason you can't encourage other people to do it. And I, 
I have like a, have like a little entrepreneur, entrepreneurial spirit. Like I have always had been like starting on businesses. Whimsy Soul is not the first business I started. Like as a kid, I think I had this conversation once, like I would rebrand shampoos and like my mix them like, in, like for my mom's shower and like come <laughs> up with a whole new shampoo. And like in my head be like, I'm going to be rich and sell this. Like that was what I did when I was like nine. So like, I have always had this like little business mindset and it's just, I always knew I'd want to own my own business. And I, I just like find so much personal joy from it. So, but I feel like that's hard to get there. My mom ran her own graphic design business since I was like five or six. So I grew up with a mother who like ran her own business and that was everything I think and helping me learn like, know like what a life outside of a nine to five can look like and you can absolutely do it she can do it in the 90s you can do it in like 2021 um so I feel like a lot of people are also just like afraid like it sounds really scary so they don't even know like what to say <laughs> when you tell them you want to quit your google job so you can blog like isn't blogging dead and they just don't even know what to say so they always say like Sometimes people like to speak from experience. So they're like, oh my God, like I heard about my, my neighbor did that. And then she went broke or like, I have no experience with that. And it sounds scary. So I'm just going to tell you not to do it. And I feel like that's a lot of it as well. Um, I heard this great piece of advice from TikTok, always getting my pieces of advice from TikTok lately. It was something like, don't take criticism from people you wouldn't take advice from. So I feel like that's also really helpful in that mindset. It's like, you know, if people are going to criticize you for blogging full time, like don't listen to them unless they're actually bloggers. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. It reminds me of, I, I don't know if it was like a Teddy Roosevelt quote, some dead president, but basically it's like the man, some dead man, <laughs> the man in the arena quote, like basically like, I'm not going to take any, um, criticism from, from you if you're not even like in the arena doing the thing in the arena. Yeah. I like that. That's a good one too quick break and a referral link that you are definitely going to want to use. This episode is brought to you by Airbnb. Now I'm betting if you're listening to this podcast, you're familiar with Airbnb. You can book vacation rentals, homes, condos, and even experiences through Airbnb. I have a great referral link for you so you can get $65 off your next Airbnb booking. Just head to whatthefab.com slash Airbnb for that link. Now, this credit is for new customers only. So if you have a friend traveling with you in the group who's new to Airbnb, or maybe you're creating a new Airbnb account, that'll be the best way to go about getting that $65 credit. With the panty going on right now, Omid and I personally are really only doing road trips. I can't wait to travel abroad again, but for right now, we're looking at booking Airbnbs within California, like Joshua Tree, maybe Mendocino. Having a home away from home so I can travel safely and have my own space is key. So be sure to grab your Airbnb credit at whatthefab.com Airbnb. That's spelled air, B as in boy, and as in Nancy, B as in boy. Safe travels, and let's get back to the episode. As I mentioned, one of the things that I love about you is your inner confidence. You're confident in yourself, like your capabilities, your business, your body, which we will definitely get into body confidence in a minute. Um, you took a huge leap of faith when you moved across the country. You left Wisconsin. You moved to San Francisco. You had never even been to San Francisco, didn't have a job or an apartment lined up. Like, What inspired you to do that? And what gave you the confidence to just leave your ho hometown on a whim and be like, yep, I'm going to do this because I want to. 
honestly, like I think now, so I'm almost 30 now. And I think a lot of that was just the sheer stupidity you have when you're like fresh out of college and you think you're invincible. <laughs> like, I think a lot of it is definitely that momentum you have when you're young. Um, but it was just, I'm such a big, like gut person. Like it just felt right in my gut. So I grew up in Wisconsin and I went to college in Minneapolis. So I'd already kind of made like an out of state shift at that point. And I just knew in my gut that like staying in Minneapolis wasn't right for me. And I kept running through all the situations. Like, do I want to go to Chicago? Do I want to go to New York? And like, it just didn't feel right until we landed on San Francisco. And it just, in my gut, it felt right. I can't explain why. And thankfully it worked out. And Robin agreed to move across the country with me. And I somehow didn't go homeless and everything fell into place. But it's just a lot of like the, just the gut and then just doing it. But one of the things that really helped, I think, um, was telling people I was going to do it. Like I started telling people we're going to move across the United States. And I think that helped both make sure that we actually like did it on time. But I also feel like it was almost like manifesting things out loud, if that makes sense. So I was like telling the universe, we are doing this. So the universe was like, cool, I will support you in that. It sounds super hippy dippy, but I think that was like a major key was just like saying it out loud. So it doesn't seem as scary. Yeah. And I think what you were just saying about like how you're really in tune with like your gut and making decisions on that. Um, I really want to read the book that the founder of It Cosmetics just came out with. It's called Believe It. Um, And she, I listened to a podcast episode with her being interviewed by Amy Porterfield. And she like speaks about this so much. Like she calls, you know, your inner knowing. And um, she just talks about how like she had this vision and this like knowing that she was meant to create this cosmetics company and she was meant to like sell it on QVC and Sephora and Ulta and like all these places kept saying no to her and not just like maybe maybe later but like no you're not a fit like your product's not a fit we're not into it um and and she just like kept going for like years like three years it was just nothing but no's and for whatever reason she's just really in tune with like her intuition and her gut and she was like no this is like the path I'm supposed to pursue and I mean look at her now it's like the I think they're like the top selling beauty product on QVC like I mean it cosmetics is everywhere it's huge so um I'm definitely going to read her book and like get more (laughs) get more into that because I'm like that's I, I think your intuition is such a it's like this this key like if you can unlock it and find the key it's such a powerful tool It so is. I mean, like, that was why I started blogging. Like, I, um, I saw Gal Meets Glam when she used to live in San Francisco. Like, I saw her post to Instagram. And because I studied advertising and social media in college, I instantly understood, like, what her business was back in, like, 2014. And I instantly was like, I can do that. And it just felt really right. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to blog. That feels right. So I I had no experience blogging before, like no business thinking I could be a blogger, but it just felt right. It felt like what I wanted to do. So yeah, I don't know how to tap into intuition. It just comes to me. And it's, but when you, when you feel that, just like go for it. I feel like that's the key. Yeah. I'm trying to be more consistent about meditating and like being still and helping like tap into that kind of deeper consciousness and knowing but like it's so hard I mean you and I both are so like go 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 so like to sit and meditate for 15 minutes is like ugh. but it it does like afterwards I definitely feel better (laughs) it helps yeah (laughs) I I struggle slowing down a lot (laughs) so much 
Same. It's really hard. Um, Tell me some of your best confidence tips when it comes to business, negotiation, money. Like you're so good at negotiating and being super open about talking about money. Um, And I think that like, I'm really passionate about getting other women to be comfortable with talking about money and like real numbers. But sometimes I feel like I can come on a little bit strong and like women can kind of, you know, be like, oh, like, why are we talking about like specific page views? Or like, why are you talking about how much this brand paid you? And I'm like, well, no, because I want to tell you that like, if you work with this brand, you can make this much money, like you're undercharging. And it's kind of this funny, like, like dance. Um, But that's something that you've always been super like confident about and open about. Yeah. Well, I honestly feel like a lot of that's thanks to you or just like the energy that you put off. Like I've always, I always love transparency. And again, like I wouldn't have gotten where I was if like some other woman didn't very explicitly tell me like how their business was running and how much money they were making or what they were doing. For instance, like I had no fucking clue about Mediavine, which is how you and I both monetize our blog until a friend was like, yeah, I'm on Mediavine. I make like two, like I get 200,000 page views a month. I make $4,000 a month doing that. Like, why aren't you on Mediavine? And I was just like, Oh, fuck. (laughs) So I feel like it's just like, I love talking about the numbers, but specifically for brand deals. Like I've been, I started Whimsy Soul in 2015 and like six years isn't a long time in like human lives, but it is in like the influencer marketing world. So I think I've been around the block just slightly longer than a lot of other people. And I've seen this whole thing transition. And then I've had those times where I found out I wasn't getting paid as much as a friend who later was like, yeah, like I got paid this much. And I was like, fuck again, I could have asked for more money. So I think it's more of just like talking about things makes everyone stronger. And specifically for influencer things, like I have some friends who refuse to actually charge good rates for themselves. And then it actually hurts me and everyone else in the long run, because sometimes they're on the same campaigns and that person tries to then lowball me because this other girl lowballed herself. So I always like to tell people numbers. And again, especially like out here in California, but I feel like number, like getting paid a lot really means different things to different people. Like, it just like the, like that, like getting a good deal means something totally different. So I think you have to have those numbers. So you really have a baseline, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. And it's such a, like, it's still a very new industry and there isn't any like one set rate or formula. So exactly. It's just kind of like all over the place. And yeah, I mean, the way that I've kind of been able to figure out how much I can charge and do things, a lot of it has come one from trial and error, but yeah, from having other candid and transparent conversations with other bloggers. And like back in the day, like, I don't know, maybe like six or seven years ago, I went on my first press trip and it was so exciting. And um, there were like five other bloggers and we were talking about, you know, how much we charge for blog posts. And I was like, oh my God, I am completely undercharging. Like I didn't even know it was a possibility to charge this much for a blog post. And it's kind of like, you don't know what you don't know. So like, if you're just in this silo, how are you going to figure that out? Um, So yeah, I think it's super, super important. It is. And like, for anyone who's listening, who's like not an influencer or blogger, like 
in your real job, I think it's really important to talk with your coworkers about how much they're making. My last nine to five, me and another um, woman were hired at the same time. We're now still great friends to this day, but uh, I don't think she was maybe as open to talking about money as quickly as maybe I was. Um, and we were both hired on as contractors and both were trying to get that contractor role fulfilled to a full-time role. And she was like, she's older than me. And I was like, I don't know, like 25 and still very naive about how like the world works. And she got like a lot better deal. She got like better benefits and like better salary at the end of it. And I didn't know what to ask for. I didn't know how to ask for it. I didn't know I needed some of these things. So I feel like once I finally learned that, I was like, again, fuck, I could have been doing all these things better for myself. I just didn't know. So you just need to, yeah, talk about it. <laughs> so yeah. everyone can be happy. Yeah. And like, it's not weird. I mean, don't it's just like weird. randomly maybe like throw the numbers in someone's face. But I'm like, I'm thinking of an example. Um, when I worked at Google, I was working on um, this really like long term project and, and global event series and um, partnering with this woman that was on um, the engineering side. Um, so I was on like the events and planning team and she sat, sat in engineering and we became really close. Um, and you know, what happens when you're like super stressed out working really late at night, like on the phone at midnight together, like you become really close. And she, at some point she was like, yeah. And if you ever want to like take a look at my compensation package, if you're ever thinking about switching over from people operations, which is like Google's fancy name for HR, um, over to engineering and like do events, but like on the engineering side, I'm happy to do that. And I was like, Yes, absolutely. Like, when can I put time on your calendar for us to sit down and do that? She literally pulled yeah. up her compensation package and walked me through, like, when I was at this level, here's how much I made, here's how much my bonus was, here's how much stock I got. And it was like, no one else had ever done that for me at Google. And I was like, okay, that is, you know, that is how you support other women. That is how you, like, open up that those doors. Yes in conversation. So that was like, um, yeah, big props to her. Cause that was really cool. That, that was awesome that she like offered that I my lately, my big like kick has been like fuck misogyny. Like that's been my thing lately. It's I've been like doing more just noticing about how that just seeps into everything. Like even women, like we're taught not to talk about money so we can keep other women down and ourselves like smush down like but yeah it's like fucking patriarchy and misogyny but I feel like the yeah the great way to do that is just having those open conversations offering it if you're in a more senior role or talking openly with your blogger friends about rates or how much you're charging or what even like you know selling platforms is working best for you I feel like yeah sharing is caring yeah, definitely. And another tip that just came to mind that um, one of my mentors told me, um, so this was during my like very first job out of grad school. I was like so green, so fresh. And um, we were, I was working at a small communications agency and the CEO was this um, amazing woman. She started the company super young, like 29. And uh, we were talking about some some new people that we were hiring. And she was like, you know, like, 
as a company, when we put together an offer letter and like a compensation package, we always offer just slightly lower than what we could absolutely like be willing to pay and max out. Because if the candidate comes back and says, I was really hoping for more, we need to have a little bit of wiggle room to like bump it up for them. And she's like, I noticed that when we hire men, they ask for more. But when we hire women, they never ask for more. And like, as the CEO, I'm in this weird spot because like, I'm a female CEO and I want to support other women and be like, no, ask for more money. But like, I'm also running a business here. So I'm not going to just tell them that. And she was telling me this and I was like, fuck, I didn't ask for more money. (laughs) My offer. And so that was like, okay, like that was a really good um, lesson for me. Yeah. I feel like yeah, like, so my, one of my very first green baby jobs, like in San Francisco, I didn't get any benefits. I like no benefits, no health benefits, no 401k, no stock, no nothing. It was just like a salary. Um, and I had to be there like every day. It wasn't no work. Remote work was even like on the table. And uh, I was like desperate for any job. But looking back now, I was like, wow, like, I didn't know that I couldn't negotiate these things. I didn't even know how to ask for it. And, um, yeah, I really wish I had a like a more like like a badass friend to be like, Kara, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> like ask for more. <laughs> like, what are you doing? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This episode is brought to you by Flowdesk. Flowdesk is an incredible email marketing service provider, and they are the platform that I use for my email campaigns for What the Fab. The platform is so intuitive and easy to use. It's very drag and drop. And best of all, it's aesthetic AF. The templates are beautiful, and you can easily add your own brand colors to it to make sure that your emails look and feel like you. I used to use MailChimp back in the day, but after trying Flowdesk out about a year ago, I was in love and I know you will be too. You can give Flowdesk a try for 30 days free. And if you want to keep them, which I know you will, you can use my referral link to lock in a 50% off price at $19 a month and lock that in forever. You can get this offer and try it for free at whatthefab.com slash Flowdesk. And that is spelled F-L-O-D-E-S-K. That's whatthefab.com slash flowdesk. I can't wait to see what stunning emails you create. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Okay, so I want to shift gears a little bit, still talking about confidence, but specifically body positivity and confidence because you are so confident in yourself and your body. Like you post things like, look, here is my side roll while I'm sitting this way. And like, that's totally normal. Or like, guess what? I went up a pant size during quarantine and like, I could not give less of a shit about it. And I see it and I'm like, oh my God, like good for Kara. But then I also think like, I'm just like not there yet. And I know that you recently listened to a recent episode of mine where I had this like incident where a brand accidentally CC'd me on an email calling me quote, good for size inclusivity. And I know that you and I have had conversations around this of like, just like what is wrong with our industry and like plus size brands reaching out to me for a campaign, even though their clothes would literally be too big for me and I don't identify as plus size. So like, why don't you actually hire girls who are plus size and identify as such for your campaigns. Like, anyway, so we've had lots Sounds of... Sounds so simple, right? Right. So we've had <laughs> lots of conversations about this, but I would love to hear from you, like, what your body confidence and body positivity journey has looked like. Yeah. No, that's... A, I've thought about this a lot, too, because sometimes people are like, where do you get your confidence from? And I'm like, 
I don't know, let me reflect. Because when I was a teenager, I was really struggling with my body image. I was over-exercising. I did not have a healthy relationship with my food. And I only, it wasn't until, honestly until just like a few years ago that I realized like I had an eating disorder. I wasn't anorexic, but like that was still like an eating disorder. I just didn't realize it then. So I never really realized I was having problems, you know, um, still in college. I was, I tried to do paleo and like all these weird, weird diets that aren't really good and like all that. So it wasn't until honestly that like I started blogging. I was still definitely not confident in my like body when I started blogging, but there's something about taking a photo of yourself like every single day and like sharing it with people that I just got like more and more comfortable. It's like, yeah, that's what I look like. And then once I started sharing, like talking, opening up a little bit more about like how I feel, like how I feel in my body, how like the, what it feels like to have like those feelings, like other people reach out and I would have these really great conversations with other women. And all of a sudden it was just like slowly building. Um, it wasn't like I unlocked a door and I was like, cool, I don't care that like I can't gain weight anymore. It was definitely like a slow, a slow build. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know, maybe like a year or so ago, I think I realized like I'm at like a complete body neutral standpoint, which I think is where everyone wants to get to where, um, it, you know, I don't really care that I gained weight in quarantine. I'm annoyed that I can't fit into the clothes I like to wear. So I've been online shopping a lot, which has just been fun. So it's just really, it's just, it's slow, I think, but blogging, I think was definitely the key to that. I don't think I would have gotten there as quickly I wasn't sharing photos of myself every single day for the internet. (laughs) That is really interesting because um, I think that blogging could, it could have either effect. Like it's interesting to hear from you that like that helped you become more confident. I was just having a conversation with a friend, um, a gal who's in a, a mastermind group with me. And she, she was like, I dabbled in being like a wellness blogger and like a yoga blogger for a couple of years, but it was just so hard for her. And she was saying that like, it was hard for her mental health and her own confidence because she was like taking pictures and a lot of like yoga outfits and like workout gear and stuff. And there were, it was just making her like more unhappy with her body and like less confident, um, about herself and her body. And so she was like, I can't, I can't do this. And, um, you know, I, I think it's interesting to hear from you that it helped it's kind of like that mindset thing of like, which, you know, lens you're looking at it through. Um, so that's amazing that it was able to like boost your confidence. Yeah, no. And I can totally see that being the opposite way. If you're still dealing with all these like negative intrusive thoughts and you look at yourself in some jeans and you're like, Oh, I look like I'm pregnant. Like I absolutely have used to have moments like that. (laughs) Um, and yeah, I think it's all just about like working on how you talk to yourself. So like maybe in that situation, it's like, cool. I, I am able-bodied and I get to go on a walk today. Like, thank you. Like, that's a lot of it. It's like things like shifting that, you know, or it's like, I have a FUPA, which is awesome because I'm a woman and it's protecting my uterus and my organs. Like, thank you. Thank you, body. A lot of it's just like (laughs) switching that narrative for yourself. So you stop seeing it as like a, like a negative. And then it's just, it's just what it is. Um, I got a lot of hate for this quote on Instagram when I shared it a few years ago, but I really like this, the quote, um, you are not fat. You have fat. just like you are not fingernails. You have fingernails. And like the fat community had a lot to say about that. But I think personally that really helped me, um, like really just like in my head be like, you're right. Like 
this is not my identity. Like it's not who I am. I have that, but that's not the end all be all, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I like that quote. What were the, what were the haters saying about that? (laughs) Um, I think it's like, uh, like in the fat community, like you are fat and proud, just like you are black with a capital B, you know? So I think they were just like, no, that's like shaming, like shaming us. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, for, like this was helpful for me to like reposition that. Cause like, I don't identify as like fat with a capital F, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it was, I got a lot of hate on that, uh, but I still stand by it. <laughs> that is so interesting. I feel like it's, it's so easy to offend people. <laughs> You can, well, yeah, this past year has definitely shown me no matter what you say, you will offend someone. I know I've told you this before, but I posted once about how I dye my hair red because I'm a natural like blonde, but I just want to be a ginger. I'm a ginger at heart. Um, And someone DM'd me yelling at me because I was like appropriating the Irish culture and how dare I like, you know, (laughs) she's like, you don't even know my redheaded babies, like the names we've been called. I'm just like, probably not as bad as like the black babies. Like, I don't know, like calm yourself down. Like, but also no. So it's like, you can piss anyone off for anything. I think that has also helped me with my body confidence journey is like people get mad at you for existing. So you just have to kind of brush them off. Oh my God. I I need that on a t-shirt. People will get mad at you for existing. (laughs) Just brush it off. Okay. I love that. Um, Do you have any other body confidence tips that you can share with women who want to feel like truly um, more confident in their bodies? You talked about like the positive self-talk, like that's a, that's kind of the big one for me. Like when I hear myself saying negative things about like, like your hips are too big or your thighs are too big. I like stop myself and I say like, what would you say to your sister if she was in this body, you would say you are curvy and a goddess and a queen and you look amazing. And like, you would mean that. So mean it and say it to yourself. Um, any other, any other tips you can share? Yeah. Well, I like, I'm a firm believer that like you are what you consume, like on the internet. So I, one thing that I did that was helpful was I started unfollowing or at least muting all of like the, like the skinniest bloggers that made me feel bad about myself. Um, and in that same field, I also tried to get not just more like body types that looked more similar to mine, but body types that looked very different on the other end, like follow plus size bloggers and things like that. Cause I feel like when you're just surrounded by that, it normalizes it for you. Like our society is so normalized on like the beauty standard that like tiny, skinny, big hips, like, you know, big butt, but like skinny waist, big, like that is like what society has always been about and if you take that out and like craft your own like internet reality it starts feeling more normal to you um and then you're gonna find these women prettier and it's like start being like swirling through instagram be like oh like she looks really good and then you're gonna slowly forget that she's a size 18 you know and then that's just gonna start feeling like the new standard of beauty to you um and it's gonna help a lot when you're looking at yourself in the mirror if that makes sense yeah i love that Um, one last kind of body confidence question. You had told me a couple of years ago about a bra campaign that you did, and I can't remember the details of it. So I was kind of hoping that you would be okay with sharing it again, but like it it actually reminded me of the incident that I had recently where like, I've gotten pretty good at my own positive self-talk, but the second that somebody else 
like says something negative about my body, I turn into like a puddle of mush and I'm like so upset and it like completely steals my confidence. That's what happened to me. Um, So I was wondering if you could talk about this bra campaign. I remember you saying like, I felt like the token fat girl, like the way that they treated me um, and just kind of like shed some light on what you know, mid-sized bloggers can kind of have to go through when they're working on these campaigns, um, unfortunately, sometimes. I would love to talk about this. I love ranting. Um, (laughs) Yeah, this this in particular. So what happened was I was hired on, I will will not throw the brand under the bus. Keep it classy. Um, I will throw the agency under the bus though. Great. I'm going to do that. It was a brand campaign that I scored through four which as influencers, you probably recognize that um, because they really pride themselves on being so great and they're assholes. So um, basically it was a um, a bra campaign I scored through them. Uh, Just a very simple, you know, showing off the bra. Uh, And I, what happened was I, I loved the content. I I thought I knew it was going to resonate really well. I like followed their brief instructions and I submitted it. And the feedback was that my boobs looked saggy and then I needed to like perk them up a bit. And I just like, wasn't like, and I was like, wow, this is, I was like, okay, this is my body. Like I can't perk my boobs up more. Like this is just what my boobs look like. Um, and it wasn't literally, these are just my tits, right? These are my tits. (laughs) Like, um, and it didn't bother me that they thought my boobs look saggy because I know in real life they look amazing. Like that wasn't bothering me. Um, Mm -hmm. I was like 27, like my tits are still perky. Come on. Um, (laughs) but like, uh, what bothered me was I had like walked myself into the situation that I like had to do something about it. So like this was back before I started making like more passive income in other streams. And like, I really needed that brand deal to pay, like pay my bills. Like I really needed that. So I was mad at myself. I wanted to walk away, but then I was like, I also need to pay my rent. So like, I really need to talk to those people. Cause otherwise I think I would have just been like, this is my, these are my tits, take it or leave it. I'm not reshooting this. I did everything you asked. Um, but they were really rude about it. And I wanted to talk to them specifically about why they shouldn't have given me that feedback at all about how like, this is my body. And like, I w- I'm a size 12 woman. Like, this is what that looks like. And I noticed from their feed from the other bloggers that they're hiring that already posted that I was the largest one, which isn't really saying a lot as like a size 12, like mid-sized girl. So I was just like, maybe this brand just isn't used to seeing their product on actual, like, like curvy woman. I hate using the word real woman because every woman's a real woman, but like, like anything above a size eight, like, can they just Mm -hmm. not handle this? So I wanted to have a phone call with four and she agreed with, before I like really said, went off on email and my contact agreed and then totally stood me up for a call. And when I followed up, she was like, yeah, we're like really busy. Like, can you just like reshoot this? So I was just like, fuck you. Seriously. Like I'm trying to have this conversation with you. Like this, thankfully I have the confidence to like, not let this keep me up at night. But like, if I talked to me two years ago and I would have been like destroyed over how you thought my tits were saggy, like we need to talk about this. This is so unprofessional. Um, so we ended up because we needed the deal. We ended up reshooting it. And I had to tighten the bra straps so tight that it left a big red mark that lasted for days afterwards. Like that's how tight I had to make it to make my boobs look perky enough for them and like skinny and like scrunched up enough. So I just felt really guilty over that because I like I posted it. And then when I was posting it, I was like, 
this isn't like, like nobody knows what I just had to go through to do this. And I was just had a lot of internal turmoil more over the fact that I like walked myself into that situation and it happened versus like the actual feedback, thankfully. Yeah, that was a long long winded. No, thank you for sharing that. I mean, that's so disappointing to hear that the account manager of four like completely stood you up and blew you off. I think like like that was um, very patient of you (laughs) to offer to like have a phone call and a conversation about it. Like, here's why this is like an offensive piece of feedback to give someone. Um, And I think, and and correct me if I'm wrong, I think this was like a few years ago that... This, this campaign happened? Yeah. Yeah. I, wow. Time. It was, had to be 2008, 2019. Yeah. A couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, I mean, I feel like with everything in general that's, you know, going on in our, our society, people are more open to just like, oh, maybe the way that I was thinking about this is not necessarily the end all be all. Maybe it's not black and white, like just open to other perspectives. Like I would be hopeful that at this point in time, people would be open to having those conversations. Um, but yeah, that, that situation of like, I really want to just like tell this brand to like fuck off and these are my tits, like deal with it. But also the other side (laughs) of like, well, I'm going to pay rent. And then like, you know, cinching yourself up into this bra and trying to like perk your boobs up to like fit this image they're asking for. Like, I would imagine that felt very like dehumanizing. Definitely. And it, yeah. And I, I, I used to do photography in college. So I had a little bit of experience doing like fashion shoots. And I knew from that, like, it's very common for models to like pin things up and like stand in very weird things. Like that's what we have made normal. And I also had this whole thing of like going through my head where I'm like, just because this is normal right now, doesn't mean it's actually normal. Why can't we change this? Why can't we normalize quote unquote saggy tits at age 25? Like, let's just let's just be real. But um, yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of emotions. Thankfully, none of them really, like, I wasn't shaming my my ladies. They were fine. I was just more mad that I like walked them into that situation. (laughs) Well, thank you for sharing that story. And thank you for like being someone that is helping to move that conversation forward and normalize normal bodies. And I think, you know, we've made a lot of progress, but there's still a lot, a lot to go. So I'm really grateful that, um, it's like part of the conversation these days. Right. Oh, we have so far to go. I think the real thing that brands don't want to admit themselves is they actually have to hire plus size influencers and no, (laughs) a size 12 is not plus size. I think that's something they still have to get over. Um, because, yeah, like I don't want to be the poster child of like inclusivity. I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm a size now 14 white woman. Like I'm not, I should not be that face. So I think a lot of that is just hoping, hoping to see people move there. But I feel like every voice that can champion that is really important. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to also chat with you about some more kind of business um, sided things, because as I mentioned, you are just naturally very business savvy. And you recently hit a huge milestone. You hit 300,000 page views over the last month on your website. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) I like screamed a little when I saw it. It was very unexpected. (laughs) 
That is so huge. So, I mean, you're, you've definitely become like a very solid expert in SEO. Like you've taught me so much. And I think it's another example of women supporting women. Like you didn't hoard this information to yourself. You shared it with me and it's in turn, like boosted my website and my traffic. Um, So I appreciate that so much. And in terms of SEO, how did you begin to even learn about it? Like, how did you decide that this was going to be a key strategy for your website and your business and something that you wanted to invest a lot of time in? And then how did you go about actually gaining that knowledge? Because there's, it's, it's very confusing and there's a lot of information out there. Um, well, a lot of that goes back to another woman just telling me what she was doing with her blog. And I was like, how the, how the hell do you get that many page views? And she's like, it's mostly like organic search. Like I do SEO. And I was, I remember like thinking like, yeah, I do SEO, but I only get like 20,000 page views. Like what, what am I doing wrong? And then I took the time to like actually research, actually research SEO and do a lot of self researching. Um, and I realized I was doing it all wrong but I remember taking like watching a lot of free webinars like I don't think I actually invested in any classes I just watched a lot of webinars because usually they have those hooks where like they give you an hour talk about SEO and then they hope you buy their course but I find that a lot of them aren't structured well in the sense that they give out too many good pieces of information in the webinar so I watched enough of those that I started to kind of figure out the basics and what I was doing wrong and how to apply those changes to my blog. Um, one specifically really unlocked my understanding of domain authority. And I was like, Oh my God, like it was the key I needed to open this door that I built. So, um, I think it was just a lot of like self learning and a lot of trial and error. Um, and then patience. I feel like you've talked about this before. Like it takes a really long time to build your blog up. Like I started really focusing on SEO in like late 2018 and I like only just hit this goal of 300,000 a month in 2021. So it's like a lot of just like trusting the process. <laughs> yes, it's definitely a slow roll. It's definitely not that like instant gratification. You and I have definitely talked about this, how Instagram like gives you that instant gratification of like the likes and the comments and the DMs and, you know, that kind of like, like, vo- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like that validation versus yeah, a dopamine push, right? Like a little bit of happiness. Totally. Versus like doing the keyword research and like the SEO and everything. It's like very in the weeds and like all the like nitty gritty of how you are formatting and writing your blog posts and everything. And then sometimes you don't see results. Like I have, I, you don't see results for a while. I have a post yeah. that just recently landed on the first page of Google for the keyword Yay. I was targeting. And I wrote it a year ago. I'm like, yep, it took a right. year for you. Like, <laughs> is this even relevant anymore? Right, right. That's hard. Like it's trying to figure out like what's relevant versus like what, yeah, that that's a game. But I guess for me, I like gamified it for myself. So once I really figured it out, like I... I know I've told you this before. I sometimes like to just get drunk in keyword research. It's like a fun game where I'm like, how many fun, cool keywords can I like find for myself? And I'll just like drink wine and watch movies and I like gamify it. And that, that really helped me because I'm a very competitive person. So I think sometimes people need motivation and you just have to restructure how you're getting your little reward centers. Yeah, I love that. Um, I also want to chat with you about our responsibilities as influencers to share and to post about and comment on 
things like racial equity, politics, current events. Um, how do you approach that? Because I feel like you do a really good job. Oh, thank you. You do a really good job of like being vocal. Um, so what's your kind of, do you just post whatever you feel like and whatever you're thinking? Or do you have kind of a, uh, in my mind, I have sort of like a checklist of things that I think about when I'm going to post something because I want to make sure that like it's accurate and, you know, all these things. But it's also like, you can't be a news source and that's not your job. So how do you figure out what you're going to post? It's like something I constantly struggle with. I think last year, 2020, was like a really big learning experience for me. So like background, I... I like grew up in like a, I don't want to say a hippie town, but like my school was very into like protesting. And like, I, I remember doing like a lot of protests outside of my high school for various things. I think the group of friends I was in oh, was wow. just like into standing up and saying, Fuck no, like I'm like, I remember coming back from college once to protest the governor that got elected in Wisconsin. Like it was just always something that I was like in. So that definitely helped like talking about political and social issues was like already something I was familiar with. Um, so I feel like that is like the first barrier. A lot of people don't even know how to begin. Cause there's again, the stigma around talking about the state of our nation, like it, it shouldn't be, but there is this stigma. Um, so yeah, but I think especially after June, after the whole black lives matter thing, I like, I definitely learned a lot about like, so I can't, sometimes I'll go like really hard and then I have to like rein myself back in. So I've been trying better to under, and it takes a lot of humility. Cause like, I don't think I got everything right. So it was like a lot of like, I was, I was learning as I was sharing. Um, and I think that was really valuable for mm-hmm. other people who are also learning at the same time as me, but it definitely made me targets for people who are like, this is so wrong. You're a tailboard person. I'm unfollowing you because you said this one thing slightly incorrectly. And it was just a lot of like hard things. But at the end of the day, I was like, I, I can't let the fear of that stop me from talking about the real issues. Like I'm never going, it just feels so tone deaf and I'm never going to just sit here and be like, everything is fine. Have a latte and like love your curves today <laughs> while like black people are dying in the streets or like old Asian people four blocks away being shoved down like on the cusp of Lunar New Year. Like I can't be oblivious like that. But in terms of like what to talk about, I think I've been trying to be more about like, can I add to the conversation or like add to the education? I saw this really great graphic um, last year that kind of showed how like information can trickle down. Like maybe you feel like you've seen information about something a lot, but like some of your followers haven't. Mm -hmm. So like they can share it with other people and it can trickle. So I think it's like understanding where you place like you're in it. But for example, like with Texas going through their snowstorms, I kept seeing all these things about like Texas is going through a snowstorm. Ah, like ways you can help Texas. And it just felt, I didn't say anything about it because I felt really disconnected because I'm like, I'm not in Texas. I'm sure people who are in Texas already know that they're supposed to turn their water like on, like we're well beyond that point. So I didn't really say much about that because there wasn't anything like myself or my followers could like actively do in that moment so I think it's just trying to figure out what like what the action point is like is it education is it donation is it like protesting is it signing a petition and then kind of going off of there if that makes sense Mm -hmm. 
but I'm still learning. So, Well, I appreciate you for like taking action. And um, the other thing that you did that you didn't mention, so I'm just going to hype you up over that I really appreciated was um, you put together a Google spreadsheet and you shared it among some of our blogger groups. And you were like, if you are a woman of color, an influencer of color, and you would like to add your name and your contact info and like your social handles to this spreadsheet, I'm going to share it with brands that I work with and um, just be like, hey, diversity matters. Like you can check out this spreadsheet for a bunch of awesome influencers of color that you can work with on your next campaigns. Um, I use that. It's in my signature now. It just is a, a line that's like, you know, here's some influencers of color that like you can hire. And I think like, you know, number one, it's just like that awareness of like, hey, if you're working with me, like this is important to me and it should be important to you too. And here's like a really easy resource for you. And then it helps with that, you know, actionable step of like taking a look at this list of amazing women and potentially, you know, hiring them. And and maybe it's, you know, there might be people on there that the campaign manager or the brand wouldn't have been exposed to or aware of if you hadn't shared that spreadsheet with them. So I thought that was a really cool idea. Yeah. Um, I thank you. Yeah. I, I definitely remember being really like confused, like what I could do to help my like influencer peers. And that felt like a really good thing that hadn't existed yet. So I definitely got some heat for that too. So like, no matter what you do, (laughs) you can't win, but um, I've gotten some good feedback. I've gotten some brands are like, Oh my God, like, thank you. This has been wonderful. Like you made my job easier. I'm spreading this to like everyone that I work with. So I hope some people got hired from it. (laughs) Hopefully brands actually stick to their goal of diverse hires. (laughs) You know, a lot of them are still struggling with it, but hopefully, hopefully that helped get some money in some of my my girl's pockets. Yeah. Well, I'm just like so encouraged to see how much more openly people are talking about diversity um, and and these issues. Like that definitely gives me hope that we're moving yeah. in the right direction. I think we are. Um, what, what are you excited about right now? Like what projects or, or upcoming things personally or for business are you um, excited about right now? Oh, so many things. Um, we just started hiring some like like freelance writers, which has been big. I've been taking it very slow because (laughs) hiring is scary. Um, But that's really exciting. It's Mm -hmm. been something I've wanted to do for a while, adding more voices to Whimsy Soul, like hopefully to get like more diverse voices or voices with different sort of strengths. So um, we're hiring someone. I just had my first interview yesterday with somebody that I'm really excited about. So hopefully we can start bringing new voices to the blog, which is awesome. Um, But yeah, I'm just grinding a lot this month because I'm going to try and take April off so I can start writing a book. That is my goal because I keep starting to write this book and then I get distracted by like whimsy soul things. So I'm aiming to just take a whole month off. We'll see if that actually happens. But yeah, that's what that's what what's on my horizon right now. That is super exciting. Are you going to like book a cabin in the woods and just like write? And, like... <laughs> No, I think I'm just going to stay here in San Francisco, like where Robin can cook me meals and I can hang out with my cat. Perfect. <laughs> but just like knowing like mentally, like I have logged off for like, I think I might delete Instagram, like TikTok off my phone for a while and just like really not try to have distractions. We'll see. Well, again, you probably will see me in April because I'm like, I can't stay off of Instagram, <laughs> but that's the goal. <laughs> that's the goal. 
Well, that's exciting. I can't wait to hear all about it. Um, Any last thoughts or resources or recommendations that you can share with listeners? Um, It could be business related. It could be life related. Just something that's like bringing you joy or value right now. Ooh, um, I have to find this account on Instagram real quick um, that I have been really enjoying. I think it's called Rising Woman. Yeah, just rising woman, woman with an A, um, and she just posts these really great, um, like quotes or just like extra like exercises to think about. For instance, the one she posted today was, "You are not responsible for carrying the pain, trauma, or shame of your mother and father. Release from yourself carrying that w- what was never yours." I just like seeing those, and just like that has been very valuable to me. So, highly recommend everybody go follow that. Amazing. Okay. Well, I will link to that in the show notes. I will obviously um, link up all of your information. Kara, where can everyone find you? Uh, Whimsysoul.com for the blog. I have a post there almost every single day Um, on Instagram at the Whimsy Soul on TikTok at Whimsy Soul. Amazing. Well, Kara, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. It was so fun to just like catch up with you and chat. I miss hanging out with you in San Francisco <laughs> and I can't wait till I we can like, get together in person again. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> All right. Talk to you soon. Mwah. Bye. Okay. Love Kara. Love this conversation that we had today. I, like I mentioned, she's just like my blogger, bestie, hype woman, cheerleader. And it's just been so nice, especially during this pandemic to have each other's support. Um, Especially as a solopreneur, things can feel very isolating, even if you do have like a couple of team members, contractors, freelancers, whatever that you're working with, most of your time is spent alone staring at a screen. And that is only just exacerbated during the pandemic. So, you know, you don't have coworkers or a manager that you're meeting with. You're just the one making all the decisions and calling all the shots, which is great, but it can feel very lonely. So having Kara, we're like on Slack, we ping each other all the time and just being able to ask questions or celebrate each other's wins is so, so, so great. Um, I loved our conversation today and just kind of peeling back and digging into a little bit more about inner confidence and talking about money and negotiation in a corporate structure as well. And I hope that you enjoy today's episode too and found some valuable nuggets in there. If you did, be sure to take a screenshot of this episode, tag me, I'm at WTFab, tag Kara, she's at The Whimsy Soul, and let us know what you enjoyed about it. We can't wait to hear from you. And if you've made it this far into the episode, I feel like we're friends now. And so you should probably subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss any future episodes. And if you could rate and review the podcast, that would be so, so amazing. And let me know what else you want to hear about. Um, Other guests you would love to see interviewed, topics you'd like me to cover. I am super open and I just love creating some conversations that are meaningful for you all. And that's what gets gets my juices going. So hit me up and don't be a stranger. All right. Until next time. Bye. 